Welcome to Your Money Counts, a podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank. I'm Sean Fedorko, your host. And today we're going to be talking about the different options that are available to you if you'd like to fix up the home you live in, or if you're thinking of buying a fixer-upper and putting a lot of work and money into making it the home you really want. Before we dive into hard-hitting questions, we're, of course, going to take a little time to get to know our lenders. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and telling us your favorite place to shop. My name is Angela Diver. I'm the branch manager of our Liberty Street office here in Erie. Um, One of my favorite stores to shop in is Marshall's just because they always have something new and different in there to look at. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I wander around every time I'm on like Upper Peach. Just it's like what's one new? of the only stores that I may look through most of the store. Yeah, not just go for what I'm there for. <laughs> uh, Trisha Snook, I am the branch manager at our Steritania Street office, and I have three very busy young boys, so I don't get into many stores. Uh, so I'm more of an online shopper myself. Okay, where's your where, what? Where are you shopping from here? Uh, mostly sporting goods stores. Really? So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're all into sports, They're so very, I don't have okay. much time for anything else. Okay. I'm Jennifer Bond, and I'm the manager of the Peach Street office. And um, I, like Angela, uh, would have to say um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, yeah. Home Goods. There's always something different, but you got to buy it. If you find something that you have to have yeah, that you can't live without, you're shopping you for have the deal. to buy it that yep. day. Yeah. No. Because if you be put there. it down and go home to think about it, we'll yeah. be there the next there was day. someone like yeah. behind the corner of the aisle and right. they saw you looking they're at like, it and they're gonna snipe it yeah exactly exactly what about you what's your favorite store wegmans oh i know are you kidding me i just I walk know. around wegmans i don't have to shop there it's just a feel-good place mm-hmm. yep that's the truth all right well let's suppose uh for those who are listening they've got a home and they've been kicking around the idea of fixing it up uh maybe they want to add an addition maybe they uh want to refinish the basement or the attic Maybe they just want to take out a wall and make a master bedroom. Who knows? Um, what are the options that they have to come to Marquette? Maybe they got their home loan through you. Maybe they didn't, but they are going to come talk to you about this new project. Tell us about this process. I walk in the door and I say, I think I'm going to need some money to fix up my house. So typically, exactly that's what happens is we we gather some facts as to your scenario and what you're looking to do first. Um, and then we're going to look at your uh, current mortgage situation. So do you, how long have you owned your home? Do we have some equity in the house now? Um, or do we need to seek for um, an appraisal with improvements to get some equity to do those improvements? So we got to kind of take a look at the whole picture first. So go ahead and explain that about uh, an appraisal with improvements in order to get the money to do the improvements. Right. So sometimes um, you haven't owned the home long enough or haven't put – enough money into it yet to be in a position uh, where you have equity available. And when we say that, typically we will only lend up to 80% of the value of the home. So if you're not at that mark quite yet, you may be able to get some uh, bids for what you're looking to do on the property. And then we would provide those bids or estimates to our appraisal that would basically give us a value upon their completion. So we would look at, you know, if you were building a garage, once that garage is built, how much is the house going to be worth once that's done? And is then there the equity there to support the finance? Okay, so I want to tease this out. So if I have a home and it's worth, uh, you know, $100,000, to use easy numbers, uh, I could take out, if I have enough equity, 
up to 80% of the value of the home. So I could take out up to $80,000 if I want to build sort of a real big addition, maybe a garage. Um, But if I don't have enough equity in the home yet, I can't take out that much money. Maybe $80,000 was exactly what I needed. So you're telling me that after the addition, the house is obviously going to be worth more. And so you could do a calculation and say, well, is the house going to be worth 200000 when you're done because of the improvements to the home and the property? Well, if that's the case, then we can consider well, what's the house going to be worth when it's done? And now you can take up to some percentage of that, maybe 80%. That same say. 80% of the completed okay. value. So if it's now worth two hundred, then you have 160000 to work with. Okay. Uh, minus, you gotta, what, minus what but you, right, you might already owe. Keep right. in mind, if you have a mortgage now, we're going to have to deduct that out of the 80% first. And I think it's important to... I think, point out that when we're going to work with a customer and they're going to borrow the additional funds for improvements, that um, we have a draw schedule where we hold that money in process. And um, if the appraiser's going out and appraising the property and using those improvements to uh, impact the value of the property for us to lend them, then we want to make sure that the funds are in a controlled disbursement account. So uh, every contractor, every scenario is different. Some customers um, will work with a contractor where the contractor will have a draw schedule. And they say, you know, we want three draws with, you know, 30% in the first, 30% in the second, and 40% in the in the third. Or it, uh, the contractor may request draws uh, throughout the process and for different pieces of it. So each so, time – I'm sorry. No, so Marquette kind of gets – uh, involved with the contractor. Correct. I just have to kind of get the plan, but it's not like I have to write the check. Right. You and the contractor will work out whatever the schedule is. That's... Well, you as the homeowner will work out the, the arrangement oh, and okay. agree to it. And when the contractor is ready for a draw, they'll reach out to you as the customer and they'll say, I'm ready for a draw. And you have a, a draw form that you'll sign authorizing the bank to come out, do an inspection of the property. And then once the inspection's completed, then we'll go ahead and release the funds. Okay. So I'm involved at least making sure, hey, yes. yeah, this is this is the right progress. Right. I'm still happy with the job. Go ahead and release more Correct. Because right. we're not going to release the funds or initiate that inspection without you initiating it. You're the person that's driving that. Because if you're, you know, wanting to make sure that a piece of that is done before you release the funds, then that's that's your prerogative as the customer. So you'd said that I need a bid first. Does this mean that I have to uh, go out, find a contractor, like actually get the whole thing scoped before I can come get the loan or do I come talk to you first? We will need those bids because in order for us to determine the value when the work is completed, we need to give those bids to the appraiser prior to them going out to the home. So when they go out to the house, they're going to look at the existing structure and say, okay, here's what it's worth now. And if I look at this bid and say the garage is completed, here's what that value is going to be once all of that is done. So the appraiser needs that in order to determine the the final value. Okay. Well, what if I'm going to do the work myself? I'm not, you know, digging a new basement. Um, but I'm um, just sort of extending off the back, making a new living room or, um, you know, uh, um, um, re- renovating a, a room to be an office or something like that, taking out a wall so my kitchen and living room kind of go together. I don't know. Putting a new floor, right? Um, what if I'm doing this work myself? How do we bid that? So it depends on um, it, it depends on exactly what the plans are. But um, if you were just going to do some updates, you know, maybe cosmetic updates, and you were going to put in new flooring or new countertops or things like that, you know, you could go and get those 
um, estimates from the supplier. So you maybe you won't have a labor cost. Maybe you'll just have the cost of the material. And I could just go to Lowe's and get kind of right. A quote they give for, you a quote for yeah. how much you know, how many square footage of carpeting you need or whatever. Um, and then we would take those in account as to the to the improvement. So I think everything we've been talking about comes out of this like first scenario where I don't have you know enough equity in my home to get up to eight to borrow up to eighty percent. What if I do have most of the equity in my home? What if I own the house outright? Sure. So if if you own the home free and clear, and the amount that you're looking to borrow is within that eighty percent loan to value, then it isn't necessary for us to hold that money in process. We would, uh, you know, process the loan request and disperse the funds to you, and then you can use the funds as you see fit because that money that we've lent hasn't taken into consideration an, a, an improvement to the house to impact the value of it. So whether you put it into the house, you know, or not, that that's up to you. So this is interesting. It sounds like, uh, you know, I've got a mortgage on the house, and I maybe I'm real close to paying it all off. Uh, so if I it's a hundred thousand, I've already given you ninety or something, and I want to take thirty. I want to borrow thirty thousand, like do improvements. It's kind of just like I'm taking thirty back. I'm going to improve the house. You're not taking that into consideration, as far as you're concerned. It's still a hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I do that. Then when I'm done, do I just have that additional thirty thousand and now pay back? Mm-hmm. Is that effectively what's happening? Mm-hmm. Right, it's basically you just borrowing your own money. your own, own your own money. It's you taking the equity out. One thing I would guard against if you are doing improvements uh, is although, like Jen talked about earlier, us holding it in that controlled disbursement environment, uh, we still like to let you know you probably don't want to just give all that money up front to your contractor. Okay, you probably want to put it in, say, an account with us uh, where you still draw up a draw schedule with your contractor that you're still kind of paying them in those increments. Okay. So even so you may want to do that yourself. It just wouldn't be that the bank required you to do that. Okay. But you'll still like do that service in order to make sure that I've got sort of these milestones to measure the, the um, contractor against. We don't get involved in that transaction if, if unless we have to hold it in process because it's impacting the value of the property and our equity position. If that's something that's separate and you're just doing the improvements on your own because of the equity or you're having a contractor do them because of the equity, that would be between you and your contractor. We just advise you that you probably still want to go that route. Okay, good. Um, I mean, that sounds helpful. Well, let's ask uh, what happens after I'm done. So I've improved my home. Um, I didn't have to come out and have an appraiser do it because I had enough equity. I was able to borrow money. Uh, Now I think my home is worth more. How does that impact me? So I've made these improvements. What should I keep in mind? You know, I'm going to contact you and say, I think my house is worth more. What do we do? Well, if you're not looking to do any lending, you don't necessarily need to do anything at that point. I don't need because, to get new appraisal after right, that. No, because we lent based on your current equity situation. So we're not taking into account those improvements. Now, if a year or two from now you want to do something else, at that point, maybe we need to appraise again and look at the you know, the fact that the house has probably increased in value and take those new, okay. no, new numbers in consideration for your new loan. But if you're not taking out a loan or doing anything that way, you don't have to do anything at that point. So this is a little reassuring because it tells me that if I'm pretty close to paying off my mortgage, but I'm like getting antsy, I've been thinking about renovations, I can take out the money and do them. I don't have to be worried about this impacting, you know, the terms of the mortgage or my relationship with my bank. I can just improve my home, maybe remodel my basement. 
and enjoy it and not have to worry about that impacting anything else about the relationship, just that I've got some money to pay back. Mm -hmm. And you have equity, a greater equity position in your house now. Okay. I like this. So, um, you know, we're all talking about a case where I actually own the home, right? And I'm going to fix it up or I'm going to, I'm going to remodel or expand it. What if I'm buying a fixer upper? Tell me about what's going to happen when I come to Marquette and I'm buying a house. There's not even a working bathroom in it or the kitchen desperately needs redone. You know, what is this relationship going to be like? So it's very similar to you doing the improvements on your own home in a sense that when we write up the loan agreement, we're going to allocate funds towards the purchase of the property and then separate funds allocated towards the home improvements. So you would get those same bids just like you would in the other scenario to provide to us and we would hold them in process with that same procedure um, for the renovations that you're doing to the new home. So in a, uh, you know, we've got episodes talking about kind of securing a mortgage um, to, you know, to buy your home. And there's a, that's kind of a, a simple, well, I mean, it's a complicated process, but it's a, a clear process. I'm, I'm getting a mortgage and I've bought a home and I can move in. In this case, you're saying there are two steps. We're going to uh, have kind of two loans. There's one to buy the house. Oh, whoa, whoa. We said, no, I got a no, big no. Only no, one two loan. loans. One There's loan. still one loan. Yeah, okay. Right. So one loan. when you come in to apply for the mortgage, you're going to have your sales agreement that says you're buying this house for X amount of dollars, and then you're going to provide us with a bid or an estimate from the contractor that's going to do all the improvements that you want. So it does take some coordinating with you, the seller, the realtors involved in the transaction. Because when you come in to apply for the mortgage, you need to know how much the cost of those improvements are going to be because those are all taken into consideration and factored in, you know, when you're applying for the mortgage as far as the new value, the loan amount, things like that. So if I'm buying a fixer-upper, part of that process of checking out the home is getting a contractor to come in and Tell me right. what it's going to take yes. to finish right. the bathroom or to remodel yes. the kitchen, yes. to add that third bedroom, whatever it's going to be. You know, I imagine maybe re-roofing or something like this kind of major improvement that's going to be needed in order for me to occupy it. I've got to come to the bank with that ready. Mm-hmm. It's still one loan. Correct. Part of the money goes to buy the house. The other part of the money is held to be dispersed to the exactly. contractor. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so what should I keep in mind? You know, but if this is a the first time I'm doing this, like. I guess, uh, you know, how do I find the right contractor? Like, how do I know what's reasonable to spend on a bathroom? I mean, that's, that's I think, a lot going to come with uh, realtors might have some suggestions. Uh, family and friends is probably my recommendations. biggest recommendation to and use. Yeah. And it's always good to get three bids for the work that you want to have completed, you know? So you see a lot of these bids. So is it good to come in and say, you know, well, I've got these three bids. You know, I don't want to go too cheap and something's not going to be done right. I don't want to spend too much and, you know, spend way more than I need to. You, you see a lot of these. Do you kind of help people understand, like, what's a reasonable scale of investment for that particular property? Well, I think it it really depends on on the the customer because mm-hmm. if this is going to be your forever home and you're not planning on moving, then, you know, you may want to – put a higher end cabinet in or, or a, a, a little better floor or something like that, a better flooring uh, choice, because you know that you're going to be there for a while. And, you know, what might be, you know, a little bit more expensive might make it make sense because it, it's what you like and it's what you prefer. So, um, you know, it's really 
a, a personal preference. Right. We can't make the choice for you, mm -hmm. but we can hopefully lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things uh, I guess we should talk about is, you, uh, is there ever a, a time where you're going to caution somebody not to make those improvements or not to improve that particular home to that degree? You, because the, that's not the... You don't want you don't want to pour that much money into a neighborhood that you might not be living in in ten years, or a house that you know might not suit your family's needs in ten years. When do you caution people and say, you know, we can give you this money, but we're we're not sure that that's the best investment? Well, I think ultimately um, it'll it'll come down to the appraisal because when we hire an appraiser to go out to do an appraisal of the property, they're going to look at the plans and the specifications that you've provided to us and. Ultimately, they're going to tell you, you know, once the improvements are completed, this is what the new anticipated value of the home is going to be. And when you get that appraisal back, I think a lot of times when you sit down with a customer and they look at that appraisal, it helps them to better understand if this is something that they want to do. Because, you know, it when you do renovations and improvements, it's not always necessarily a dollar for dollar increase. So it's not one for one. If right. I put fifty thousand right. in right. to my hundred thousand dollar home, I'm not guaranteed to have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. Right. It depends right. on. I mean, there are a lot of you know variables there, and 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 what impacts that appraised value. But I think ultimately, you know, we've we've all had appraisals, you know, that have come back with improvements, and you know, the customer has to decide, you know, are these improvements that they really want to do. Um, are Sometimes they really going to be an eye opener mm -hmm. that, wow, I really thought these improvements were going to increase the value more than maybe it does. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to second guess or go back to the drawing board on what you really, uh, what your end goal is and what you really want right. to do to the home. The appraiser is really your guide in that sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at the appraisal for the value of the property, but the appraiser is the one that scopes out the neighborhood and looks for those comparable properties to compare it to. So all of that detail is within the appraisal report. So I, I you know, I'm where I'm thinking of like something's got really popular like HGTV, right? Like flipping houses, right? Mm -hmm. Buy a house, do some improvements, sell it for way more. Is that easy to do? Or maybe has some of our like popular entertainment given us the illusion that that's easy to do? It's actually maybe quite difficult to find a home where that's going to work out. I I think it depends on what the the what the person buys the house for, how much money they have to put into it, and how cosmetics. I mean, there are a lot of things that can change uh, the look of a house that are just cosmetic. They're not structural, you know. So, you know, I think you hear a lot of times if the bones of the house are good, then then that's important. Um, it's a show wanted. on HGTV. Yeah, what? That's a good one. The good bones. Good bones? Yeah. I've always is, wanted a house a made out of bone. That. Good, sturdy bone. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we've talked about kind of the two major scenarios. I either have a home and I want to make it better or I'm no longer happy with my home. Or maybe I'm buying my first and I know I'm going to want to fix up whatever I buy. Um, is there any sort of last piece of advice you would give uh, to our audience who are considering one of these two courses? The best thing you could do is come in and meet with one of our loan officers because we've seen so many different scenarios and we can typically work with you to figure out what's the best way to go. Sometimes structuring something a little bit different that might not be the standard loan scenario. Because we haven't talked about every possible structure solution here, right. but you can obviously look at a specific case and, and go deeper. 
Thank you for tuning in today to Your Money Counts, a podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to marquettesavings.bank to schedule an appointment online with one of these lenders. You can talk to them face-to-face or over the phone. Your Money Counts is a podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank, an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. I'm your host, Sean Fedorko, and I hope you'll tune in next time.